0: This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Fungicide Resistance Extension Network. Hello and welcome to our series on fungicide resistance management, where we explore key farming practices that can help reduce the risk of fungal pathogens becoming resistant to the available chemical controls. G'day, I'm Drew Radford and in this episode we take a detailed look at using variety selection to help reduce disease pressure. The lower your disease pressure, the lower the likelihood of selecting fungicide resistance when you do use fungicides. It's one of the five pillars of an integrated fungicide resistance management approach, otherwise known as the fungicide resistance five. To discuss variety selection to help reduce disease pressure, I'm joined in the AFRIN podcast studio by Dr. Grant Holloway, a senior plant pathologist with Agriculture Victoria based in Horsham. Grant, thanks for your time. Yeah, my pleasure. Grant, we're talking about the fungicide resistance five and using an integrated disease management strategy. Just let's take a step back. Why is an integrated strategy better than a single solution approach?
1: An integrated strategy is really important because it's about bringing multiple methods of disease control together in a manner that they're cost effective and provide effective disease control without putting all the control effort on just one option. We know that over time if we just rely on one single disease management strategy, it fails and then we lose that option for the future. Weed control provides a good example. Historically, when we've used a single chemical over and over and over again for disease control, we quickly lose that chemical, and then we have to find another. But if we combine chemicals with other weed control methods, such as management of the weed bank, we can maintain the effectiveness of that chemical for much longer.
0: So I guess then the following question is, uh, how could growing susceptible plant varieties contribute to fungicide resistance?
1: Yeah, susceptible plant varieties do play a really big role in having the development of fungicide resistance in the field. Susceptible varieties not only require us to use fungicides more often for disease control, but they also increase the likelihood of fungicide resistance development based on the amount of disease that we'll see in the field. So susceptible varieties get more disease, build up a lot more inoculum. And by having more inoculum out there, that increases the chances of fungicide resistance developing when we apply those fungicides.
0: When plant breeders develop a resistant cultivar, is that the end of the issue then? No, not really. Why not?
1: Well, it's like protecting our fungicides. It's also important that we protect the genetic resistances in our cultivars. So if we rely solely on genetic resistance for all our disease control, that resistance is under increased pressure and is likely to suffer what we know as resistance breakdown. And that's where the pathogen is able to overcome the resistance in that variety. So like when we use our fungicides, our resistance genes, we need to protect them by using an integrated approach where we combine multiple strategies together.
0: Okay, well maybe we can pull that apart a little bit further. What are the potential costs and benefits for a grower who selects a resistant cultivar or variety versus a susceptible one?
1: Well, in general for a grower to grow a susceptible cultivar, resistance cultivar, All the management practices and costs of growing that variety are the same. However, the saving to growers who use resistant cultivars comes from using reduced fungicide applications. And the cost of fungicide applications is not just the cost of the chemical, but it's also the cost of driving over paddocks and the time that it takes to do it. really important when we get to critical times in the growing season when farmers are exceptionally busy, such as in the spring, when they might be trying to cut hay, and then at the same time they have to go and apply fungicides to protect their susceptible crops. So if they grow crops with resistance, they can slow disease enough to provide them with more time to enable a timely fungicide application.
0: Grant, are there circumstances where planting a susceptible variety will be okay?
1: As much as possible, we want to avoid planting those highly susceptible varieties. But we know that there are times that, you know, when growers are trying to grow varieties that are well-adapted, yield well for their environment, that there will be times that they can't get the level of resistance to every disease that they require for their environment. So if it's not possible to select a cultivar that has adequate levels of resistance to a key disease in the environment, it's important that our growers are aware of that and then apply a range of other control strategies to protect that variety. And fungicides will be one part of that.
0: So Grant, going on from that then, so how does planting a less susceptible variety fit in with the rest of the integrated fungicide resistance 5 strategy?
1: Avoiding susceptible crop varieties is the first pillar of the resistance 5 strategy. Avoiding those highly susceptible cultivars is critical because it can reduce the overall reliance on fungicides, reduces the number of fungicide applications that we need to use, and also decreases the load of disease that's present in the environment. Reducing both disease load and the number of sprays are important in reducing the likelihood of fungicide resistance developing in the field.
0: Grant, how can a resistant cultivar influence the need to apply fungicides through the rest of the growing season?
1: Resistant cultivars, in some cases, if they're completely resistant, will mean that a fungicide application may not be required at all. Or a partially resistant variety we'll just decrease the number of fungicide applications that will be required.
0: So is it still just as important to rotate crops and practice good hygiene?
1: Yeah, that's right. All these strategies are an important part of an integrated disease control strategy.
0: So Grant, does the need to rotate mix fungicide modes of action change at all then?
1: No, when, when we're using varieties to reduce the number of fungicide applications, we still need to follow the best practice around rotating and mixing fungicide modes of action at all times.
0: Grant, if you want to drill down and find out a little bit more about the resistance status of your crops, where would you go for that information?
1: It's really important to understand you know, just the resistance levels or susceptibility in the varieties that you're growing. And the best place to get that is from state-based disease guides. So if, for example, if you're growing wheat, you'd look at a cereal disease guide and again available in each state. What's really important is to make sure that you're looking at a current guide because we know that diseases can change over time which means the resistance status of our varieties can change so really critical to make sure you've got a current guide get a new one each year and review it to see how your varieties perform to the key diseases on your
0: farm. Dr. Grant Holloway have covered a lot of ground there. For those listening, if you'd like to know more about fungicide resistance and the fungicide resistance five, you can visit the Australian fungicide resistance extension network and that's found at afrin.com.au. I'll be back with episode three in this series, where we'll learn more about using crop rotation to reduce disease carryover between paddocks and seasons. In the meantime, though, Dr. Grant Holloway, a senior plant pathologist with Agriculture Victoria, thanks for your time and expertise and joining us in the Afrin studio.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. and Thanks very much.